This is a special presentation of This is What Democracy Sounds Like. Today, we are featuring part two of the Metropolitan Congregations United annual meeting, recorded on July 19th, 2020, over Zoom. This segment opens with a recap of the first part of the program from Reverend James D. Ross II. We are at the time in our in our conversation when we want to just think about all that we have heard at this point. Um, the testimony has shown us what is at stake uh, for real people in Missouri. You have heard about the efforts to unlock the vote. You've heard that there are 30,000 people who do not have access to the ballot because of their incarceration history. These are people who have already paid their debts to society, and yet they are not able to vote. Um, If that is not a type of voter suppression and a type of of, uh, limiting access to the ballot and ultimately a type of contributing to lynching, then I don't know what is. You've heard that that African-Americans are 13% of the people of the general population in Missouri yet comprise 35% of those who are incarcerated. And we know from all kinds of studies, it is not because uh, people of color or African-Americans commit more crimes or are more, or in the language of of, uh, public policy, criminogenic. It is about other things. So not allowing access to uh, the poll is a type uh, is 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 relegating people to a type of second class citizenship. So you've heard about why this is important. You've also heard about the importance of Medicaid expansion. You have heard that there are families who are having to choose between earning more money or making sure that they are eligible to have Medicaid so that their children can have the health care that they need. We have a choice this fall. We can expand Medicaid expansion. We can expand expand access to Medicaid, which will lift the earnings uh, requirement for Medicaid, for receiving Medicaid from a very low level to one that is more reasonable so that more people can qualify. This is a an obvious thing to do because the federal government is paying most of the cost of this. So you've heard about this. And you have heard about uh, the, the impact of the Clean Missouri Bill, or the efforts to overturn this. This is an effort by the legislature to roll back what citizens have voted on and said that they want. And it would now eliminate or not count voters or people who are in districts who are, that are, who are under younger than 18. So if you are a voter in a district and there are people who will live in your district who are younger than 18, they will not qualify under this proposed bill or amendment for um, in, when, when uh, redistricting is done, that will impact our urban communities and ultimately mean that urban communities have less representation. That is a big deal. That is suppression of, uh, of representation. That is a way in which uh, black and brown folks and poor people are limited in their access to government and to the rights of this society, it is a type of lynching. You've heard about the repression of the black vote uh, from Reverend Dr. Ben Sanders. He talked about voting as the best of our ancestors' dreams. He talked about the importance of amassing even um, a small majority to accomplish those things that we believe are important and to overcome injustice. And he talked about the 
ongoing, the persistent efforts to, to repress the black vote. He talked about the shift shape, ship shifting that is going on in those efforts, such as this redistricting proposal. So now we know what is at shape. We also know that it's time for us to connect move, the movement building to power building because we don't have to settle for what is. We have the power, we have the people power to do something different, to require something different. And that is what we are calling to do today. So we also know though, that we can find some difficulty when we, when we attempt to do some of this organizing in our faith communities, whether it's because of theology, whether it's because of other reasons that, that can be challenging. But as we seek this beloved community, which we believe is accessible and is what our God, who we call by many names, desires for us all, I believe that work is essential and it is that to which we are being called today. And so we have an answer for that today. We have an opportunity. We're going to talk with leaders of our faith communities, regional leaders, judicatory leaders, bishops and others in similar positions to call on them, at least 10 of them today, to make commitments to call on their congregations to do the work that is necessary in this time and in this place to bring about the kind of change that is needed today and for our future. And so now I wanna invite Reverend Aaron Cunahan to lead us in that piece of this program. So yeah, we've been doing a lot of talking today about the problems and about the way our heart breaks in our community for these issues and um, how it. we all wanna do something about it. We don't want it to be this way. We wanna do something about it. And so I'm here to say, I have something for you to do. Um, and so here's what we're gonna do about it. Cause I wanna get into specific things that you can do from your home, that you can invite your congregation members to do alongside with you. And that we can do together as a community because we are gonna do this together. So vote 2020 vision is what we're talking about here. Our goal here is to increase voter turnout, right? Especially this, this primary election coming up in August. And then also in November, we want to try to increase voter participation in the neighborhood, in the precinct where your congregation is located. Now, look, I know a lot of us, maybe our congregation members don't live in that immediate neighborhood, but that's it gives us a place to focus. And we're going to say, OK, look at this neighborhood. We want to increase voter participation by 20 percent. I know it's a big number, but honestly, when we think about it, because of how low voter turnout has been, I think we can do this. Um, we're saying it's it's probably if the same number of people that are in your pews or in your con in your congregation each week. So we want to help you do this. Uh, if you're willing to commit, if you and your congregation are willing to commit to say, all right, we're going to do it in our neighborhood. We're going to increase voter turnout. MCU wants to work with you to get those, to get that numbers, to get the data, to learn about what kind of participation do we normally have? Um, who's on the rolls and who's not voting? We can get you models for reaching out into your community. Maybe that's sending flyers. Maybe that's making phone calls. Maybe that's knocking on doors. I mean, obviously wearing masks and with so much hand sanitizer, you can't imagine. 
but we think we can have we can use some tools and we have those tools to share with you on what we could do to get those things out into your community. Maybe it looks like making sure you have a notary available to um, notarize people's mail-in ballots. Plug for Oak Hill Presbyterian Church, who's going to have a notary outside at five o'clock tonight to make sure people get those ballots done. So we're going to look at all those ways you can engage voters in your congregation, in your community, um, and, and get that participation up. Then the other thing we want to do is we're going to participate in this 10-day um, information blitz. We're going to do phone banking for the 10 days before the August primary. Um, we are part of a large community of grassroots organizations working all over the state of Missouri that are going to be turning out these phone banks. So what we want to say, and th this is phone banking you can do. This is the wonderful, wonderful tools of technology. You can do this phone banking from your home with your cell phone, with, we're, we'll give you the data and the information and we'll give you a script so it, you know it's less awkward to cold call strangers. But if you can be brave and spend two hours cold calling some strangers to make a difference in our community and to increase turnout and to educate voters on the issues, we think it could have a massive difference in this election. So we wanna train you and get you set up, get you all the gear you need to, to do this from home. And I love this because there are so many people that keep saying to me right now, I really wanna get involved with what's going on in the community. I really wanna get involved with make, driving change in our community. But you know what, street protest isn't for me. Or you know what, I'm immune compromised and I can't be out in places right now. I can't go physically knock on doors. Phone banking is a great thing that you can do that can impact this election right now. And you can do it from home and you can stay safe and healthy. So what MCU's goal is to get 200 shifts covered. Those are two-hour shifts. And we have a, a couple ideas of how you could do this. As you as an individual, if you feel passionately about this and you want to do it, you could commit to say, you could say, I'm going to do three shifts. Me. That's my job, Aaron, at my house on my hours off. I can do three shifts. Or if you want to go above and beyond, and I think we can do this, you can say, I'm going to recruit nine of my buddies from my congregation, and we're all going to do a two-hour shift. And nine, me and my nine buddies, we're going to do it. And we're going to, um, and that is going to get MCU close to our goal. It's also going to get our community close to our goal of making these changes in the ballot. I think together, these are two really practical steps of ways we can move forward on these issues. And, we're, and these, this is what we're asking you all to commit to today. You know, there's one other way to get involved, always, 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 is that you can join one of the MCU task forces that's actively working on these issues, doing the ongoing work, doing the ongoing policy work, doing the ongoing communications work. Um, we would love to see you get involved in those task forces and that long-term work. Um, but these are two short-term commitments that you can make right now. So what, one of the things we've done with our meeting today is I, I'm so excited that we have so many of our local regional denominational leaders that are on participating on this call. I, I have only been here in St. Louis for six years, but I think this is the first time I've seen this many of our regional denominational leaders gathered in one place. And I wish we were in the same room, but I love seeing you all um, all on the screens and that we get to be together. And, and I know we have some new leaders among us too. 
So here's what I'm going to ask. And I'm going to ask these folks to all make commitments and you're going to hear the commitments. And some of you serve in congregations where these are your denominational leaders. So I'm going to ask you to notice who's talking and to notice what commitments they're making. So you can remember that and keep that in you. And then when we turn to your commitments, the community commitments, we're going to do that next. So hear what they're committing to and start thinking about what you want to commit to also. So these are the three things I'm going to ask of our regional denominational leaders. And then I'm going to give them a chance to each respond. Um, And I've asked them to be brief, and I'm sure they would like to share more with you. But I'm going to ask them to be brief brief, because we've got a bunch of them, which is so exciting. The first question I'm going to ask for our regional leaders is, um, will you use the communication tools of your office to spread the word with your congregations about Medicaid expansion on August 4th to vote yes on two? The second one I'm going to ask is, will you recruit congregations to the Vote 2020 vision to raise voter participation in those congregations' neighborhoods by 20%? And I want to know specifically, how many congregations will you move to join in the in the vision? Then my third question is, MCU is committed to 200 phone bank shifts during the final 10 days before the election. How many phone banks will your congregations fill? So hopefully you all had these in advance in writing. (laughs) But um, I do want to hear from you all. So I want to start with... um, Father Jack Schuler, if you would share with us first. Okay, first of all, um, I'm Pastor St. Cronin's in the Grove. I'm not adjudicatory, so I'm not representing the Catholic Church, but just uh, St. Cronin's. And uh, certainly we've been working on Medicare. We've got a lot of signatures, get on a ballot initiative. We've got yard signs out, uh, flyers, Facebook. So we've been working on this already. Number two, uh, the um, the voter participation, we had a threefold strategy. We started with uh, trying to register voters. So we've been doing that already. And uh, during the last time we partnered with MCU and we literally went to 330 houses in our neighborhood in the Grove. So we're committed to, uh, again, continuing that registering the voters. Following that, um, we are working on absentee ballots. We put those out into people's hands so they might be able to vote. We have a number of people who are notaries or who are applying to be notaries. So we're we'll able to do that also. Um, finally, the phone bank, we have people that already signed up to be on the phone bank and we'll continue to try to get more. So we've been working already. And my former parish uh, in Ferguson, Our Lady Guadalupe is also uh, working on this too. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you so much. Um, I'd love to hear from Reverend Dr. Jenny Brown-Daniel of the UCC. Greetings. I am the conference minister for the United Church of Christ in Arkansas, Memphis, and Missouri. Um, I will use all of our communication outlets and social media in order to share this. Um, I will also identify at least 10 of our churches in our conference to volunteer with MCU that will raise the voter participation by 20%. And third, I will commit to at least 40 UCC members who will volunteer with the phone banks um, in this time to encourage uh, Medicaid expansion. Thank you so much. 
I like that. 40 members means 40 shifts. That's a good way towards 200. I like it. Um, Bishop Johnson, can we hear from you? Certainly. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you. Um, I can say I've now been the Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Missouri for um, a month and six days. <laughs> so I am very brand new. Um, I can say, though, that because we're part of a um, wider Episcopal church, um, we do have an initiative called Vote Faithful Toolkit that each congregation will get closer to um, the elections so that folks know what's going on and ways that you can faithfully cast your vote. Um, our cathedral does a souls to the polls, and I know that they're committed to continuing to do that. Um, and we do have several, several clergy who are... Um, registered as notaries so that they can help notarize those. Um, as for the phone banks, I am not sure if I can commit too much to phone banks because like I said, I've only been here for just um, just over a month. Um, but I, I would love to say that we will have um, full participation by the folks from the Episcopal Church. That's great, thank you. And I think just because you're new doesn't mean you can't get some folks on the phone. I, I think you can do it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I can. <laughs> Well, we'll take your updated number when you get it later. Sounds How about good to that? me. I'm sure you'll hear from some Episcopalians who are on this call who are going to volunteer. Well, I, I know that we continue to do a lot of that work. Um, I see Father John is on here, and I see that um, Teresa Danley, who is one of my one of the priests in the diocese who works for Jobs for Justice. So we, we continue to be on the forefront of the work. Like I said, because I'm brand new, I'm not quite sure if I can commit them just yet. I like it. Great. Thank you. Um, Reverend Ron Rudledge uh, from the Disciples of Christ. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, too. That's okay. Hello, everyone. Yeah, it's Ron Rutledge, uh, Regional Minister for the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, the Mid-America region. This is all pretty new to me. I've been invited in by uh, Reverend Dietra Baker, and I'm just so overjoyed to know that this is all in place and happening. We have several congregations that are already working in grassroots ways, and what excites me about this is it'll be a, an avenue, a, a method, a vehicle to bring all of those groups together toward a single kind of surge. So um, we will have at least 10 congregations working towards increasing voter participation. I will certainly use all the tools of my office to get this word out in every way that I can. And then uh, I'll commit that we will uh, cover 20 of the phone bank hours. Delighted to be a part of this group. Thank you and God bless you. That's great. Thank you so much, Reverend Rutledge. We appreciate it. Um, Reverend Kim Jenny from the United Methodist Church. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a joy to be with you today. I'd like to thank Reverend Susan Sneed for the invitation. And on behalf of Bishop Bob Barr, the resident bishop of the Missouri Annual Conference, I'm, I'm delighted to be among you. Um, as, as far as our work in this area, we've been working um, for some time together with the Missouri Health Foundation and the, some study team members from Washington University to help educate some of our churches. We have 730 churches across the state of Missouri, and the vast majority of those are in rural Missouri. So we've been focusing our area, our efforts in the rural community, particularly because this, 
this issue could really impact their ability to offer health care to more people and to broaden economic justice to more folks. And so we've already begun this process. We will continue to do it in order to help equip our pastors and lay leaders to educate um, their communities on this important issue. And we already have congregations. I'd like to lift up the historically black congregations in the United Methodist Church that are um, actively working to um, get their congregations to the polls and working on mail in, in, in ballots. So I'm, I'm grateful to their work. We will continue to build upon their work and expand that effort. And so I hope to increase our percentage as to commitment number two um, before the, the the um, election. And on, on three, while our polity won't really allow me to commit our congregations for um, banks in particular, I will use the power of this office, which includes our communication channels. Uh, especially we have a targeted group of congregations that are committed to justice issues, and we will work to help um, fill some of these shifts for you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. And we do fully recognize the different denominational polity. Some folks have, are able to direct things more directly and other folks um, are able to speak or share. And you all have different methods of interacting with the congregations that you serve. And so we recognize that. Thank you. Oh, the Reverend Dr. Craig Howard. <laughs> it goes both ways. I, I am very uh, glad to be with you, Aaron. Uh, Craig Howard, the uh, Presbytery leader for the Presbytery of Giddings Lovejoy, the Presbytery and uh, Church Peace USA, about 75 congregations in Missouri and Illinois. So we're already doing some good work on with our communications about election, et cetera. But I'm going to I have 75 churches. I'm commit 10 percent, rounding up to eight to go for the 2020. I have no idea what that means. I have no idea where but we're going to give it a shot. I can't let Jenny totally outshine me here. And then I'm going to commit another 15 people to phones. I know I got one in Aaron already. So uh, we're going to go for 14 more. All right, I'll do one. That's 13. So we're going to go for a total of 15, Aaron, on the phone banks. Great. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Then I'm going to move to um, Bishop Sylvester Williams and Pastor Zach Mullins from the CME. All right, greetings. I'm Sylvester Williams from the uh, CME Church. Uh, we have several congregations as well located throughout the metropolitan area. Uh, first of all, however, let me just thank Pastor Mullins for inviting me and having me on the call, uh, along with, I think, one of our other pastors, the Reverend Renee T. Johnson, is on as well. But uh, we have always, uh, as members of the CME Church, been involved in social justice issues and certainly uh, we plan to continue our efforts. We'll be using the resources of our office and uh, to make sure that the communication goes forth relative to the issues. And by the way, may I just say, I really appreciate hearing from all of the panelists. And they were young people who, um, in their own way, allowed us to understand what the issues are. I just want to say thank you to all of them. I think they did a very, very beautiful job. But anyway, back to what I was saying, we'll be using the, uh, uh, our office to make sure that our churches are aware. And I feel confident that our churches will use the resources of their offices to reach the uh, communities. We have always been uh, you know, taking a part of of, of taking upon ourselves to be involved with voter registration, voter um, uh, education. And so we continue to do that. We'll continue to do it. Relative to the phone bank, 
again, like some others, uh, we'll be doing the best we can to get persons to be involved. I think we'll probably be able to get 15 or so to be involved in that. I'll continue to work with uh, Pastor Mullins, who will keep me informed of the work and we'll work together to make sure things happen. I echo the voice of our Bishop, Bishop Sylvester Williams Sr. I'm Pastor Zach Mullen, serve as pastor of the Rebirth CME Church here in St. Louis, and also the Minister Alliance president um, of our St. Louis District Minister Alliance, which comprises of about 13 churches in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Um, and so I am simply here to say ditto to my Episcopal leader um, and to say that we will be on the ground. I and my vice chair, Reverend Renee T. Johnson of the Murchison Tabernacle Church um, to push um, at the ground roots, um, the mission and the commitments of our Bishop on today. God bless you. Thank you so much. Uh, Bishop Susan Candia. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Susan Candia, and I serve as the Bishop of the Central State Senate of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which includes um, congregations across Kansas and Missouri. Recently, I invited our leaders into conversations around racial justice, and now I have this wonderful opportunity as a bishop to invite them into action. So I will be using my voice, my office, um, the communication tools we have to continue to not only educate, but encourage um, members of congregations throughout Missouri into this kind of action. And I will personally commit to contacting, I may rope a couple of my staff members into helping me with this, 15, um, I will make personal phone calls to 15 of our congregations in Missouri to ask for their specific um, involvement and ask each of them to commit at least two people from their congregations to help with the food, the phone bank. So thank you for this opportunity um, to use this office in a way that really does make a difference as we live out the reality of faith, which is about doing justice. So great to be with you this afternoon. From my count, I believe we have 120 phone bank commitments, which is more than halfway there, which is incredible. Um, so thank you all for those commitments. And then I think I hear about four, 43 congregations were um, committed to today. So that is a tremendous start. We thank you um, for your willingness to act, for your willingness to use the resources of your office to engage the congregations um, in, your, in your areas. And so we thank you so much. Um, but friends, it doesn't stop there. It's not just these folks that I'm asking for commitment. We're going to ask uh, all of the folks participating in this call, everybody who heard that word from Dr. Sanders, everyone who heard the testimonies of the folks shared today, everyone who feels passionately about moving folks to the polls and making this policy change that we need for our communities, that we need for lives. Um, we want you to commit to that too. And these are the commitments we're asking you all to make. So the first one is, will you organize your congregation or an organization you work with to join the Vote 2020 vision to raise voter participation in your neighborhood by 20%? If you still want to be involved and you want to do this, you can let us know at MCU. You can um, email us at office at mcustl.com or you can call the number 314-367-3484. All right, we're gonna give you one more poll. 
where you get to get involved and do the work. So here it is. If you would like to join the ongoing work of MCU and you want to join one of these task forces working on this, working on these task forces is a great way to make friends. <laughs> if you need some more friends, there you go. Email us or call us if you want to be engaged in this work. We would love to get you involved. You can um, email us at office at mcustl.com or you can call the number 314-367-3484. There is interest in serving on every single one of these task forces and we are thrilled about that. Thank you all so much for volunteering your time. Thank you all so much for volunteering your energy and your talent. Um, and thank you for engaging your community and, and joining us in this long, ongoing work of creating change for our communities. Thank you. I want to now invite us, uh, invite Reverend Burson to come forward for our, um, our next steps. All right. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, this is Roger Burton, Pastor New Northside Missionary Baptist Church in beautiful North St. Louis. And uh, I, my job today is to get a commitment, another type of commitment from you, uh, a commitment of financial support. And so I just want to share with you what MCU has been doing with our congregation uh, in the 27th Ward and Jennings. MCU had sent a community organizer. Uh, Emmeline Giles to come and assist us with our environmental justice and efficiency work. And during the course of her uh, working with us, the pandemic uh, happened. And so MCU pivoted and asked us what were the needs in the community. And the needs in the community were PPE, uh, food, and, you know, just things that folks need to survive. Uh, the 27th Ward is a, a, a ward that has great needs. And it's not uh, high on the list of wards that get all the attention in the city of St. Louis. But I'm just so grateful that uh, MCU has been working with us uh, to meet the needs of the community. And so one of the things I'll just share with y'all, uh, before I, I was in ministry, uh, before I, especially when I was a pastor, I was a guy sitting on the bench that whenever the time came for uh, financial appeal or offering, I was a skeptic. I was the person rolling my eyes, but it was not until I got in the position of a leadership to see that you need money for ministry. And so the work that MCU is doing is expansive, is to change systems and to overturn structures. And that work takes money. And so we would ask for you today, if you could become a monthly sustainer, you also can sustain at the level that's comfortable to you. We would hope that everyone could uh, uh, sustain at the $125 a month level, but not everyone can do that. Uh, but we would ask that you would make a commitment uh, to be a monthly sustainer. And what I'm going to do, you know, I believe in uh, uh, putting money where my mouth is. I myself am going to make a commitment today to be a monthly sustainer. And so also if being a monthly sustainer is just not feasible right now, we would ask that you would uh, make an offering today, make some sort of gift, uh, support to MCU. The work that they're doing is outstanding. The work that they're doing, you've heard. You've heard the work that they're doing. And in addition to volunteering, in addition to committing to work, which we are so grateful for the commitments that have been made today, we do need economic support. 
So I want to reach out to you and I want to ask you to be a blessing to MCU as MCU blesses the St. Louis metropolitan area through service. People who don't have a voice, you're empowering them to have a voice. People who don't know how to get out there and make a change. MCU is helping them to make that change. MCU is doing things that, to be frank, there's no money. But it takes money to help those who Jesus called the least of these. So, again, I implore you to be a monthly sustainer or contribute in some type of way. And we're very grateful for whatever you can do. Thank you and God bless you. Okay, now I think that we are ready for our Reverend Dr. Ben Sanders uh, for our, um, our sending. I wanna thank everyone uh, for making this meeting as rich as it was. We continue to do the uh, important work that God is calling us to as a part of the MCU community, as a part of our local congregations and communities. And as a part of the regional community, I was um, particular. I was moved by so much of what was said and shared, uh, including the invitation to give. Uh, I was particularly moved by uh, by Bishop Sylvester Williams's reflection uh, on on the things that were said, and it was because the bishop uh, used the language uh, of the young people who had spoken. And one of the things that um, God has been quite clearly saying to my spirit on a continual basis as of late, and I hope that this speaks to you all as I try to use this as something like ascending, uh, is that the connection between our young people and our elders uh, and whatever it is that comes next must be lifted up and revalued because the work that stands before us is going to need money, it's going to need volunteers, and it is also going to need stories. We are going to need to hear stories from the folks who have been working much longer than we have, uh, and they are going to need to hear from us. Because as we prepare to leave this meeting and to finish, God is calling us not just to work in a historic moment, but to take part in historic work. We are friends, even now as we scramble for money and for resources, taking part in the movement that God is using to transform and save all of creation. It's beautiful to see you family and I look forward to seeing you again real soon. And Bishop Dion Johnson, if you will uh, bless us with our um, closing prayer or benediction at, benediction at this time. I would be happy to. Um, this is an updated version of the Franciscan prayer that some of you may be familiar with. May God bless you with restless discomfort about easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships, so that you may seek truth boldly and love deep within your heart. May God bless you with holy anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people, so that you may tirelessly work for justice, freedom, and peace among all God's people. May God bless you with the gift of tears to shed with those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, oppression, or the loss of all that they cherish, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and transform their pain into joy. May God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you really can make a difference in this world, so that you are able, with God's grace, to do what others claim you cannot do. May God bless you. May God keep you and may God walk with us every step of this journey. Amen.
Amen. And thanks be to God. And may we be blessed with enough foolishness. Thanks everyone for your presence here today. Thank you to our judicatory leaders for the commitments. Thank you to the individuals who attended for all that you have committed. And thank you to everyone who is present. Blessings and God bless you. This has been part two of the Metropolitan Congregations United annual meeting. For more information on MCU, go to mcustlewis.org and find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening.